Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real-life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. My next guest is a man who, through a horrific snowboarding accident, had been physically, emotionally, and mentally crippled, only to have found himself rising out of the ashes like a phoenix. Not only did he have to teach himself how to walk, talk, and eat again, but by taking life one step at a time, he has become a top motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, and a leader in helping people work through their trauma. Please give a warm welcome to Nick Prefontaine. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ace. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, anyway, man. I'm looking, looking forward to this conversation. I think we're going to uh, cover a lot. Oh, I do too, man. I do too. So to find more information about Nick, his company Common Goal, and his infamous STEP program, please go to his website at nickprefontaine.com. Now, before we get into who you are and the insurmountable odds you have gone through in your life to get to this point, I want to ask you this one very important question, okay? Yes, sir. Hit awesome. me. How are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding, thank you. Uh, we were we were just talking a little bit before the show, and I've um, as recent as yesterday, I jumped in jumped in the ocean and uh, went and went and swam. So I'm I'm feeling very refreshed and ready for today. Awesome, man! Awesome. Well, as my audience knows, cold water immersion is something that I do on a daily basis, and it is a great way to get you just psyched and energized and ready to hit the ground running. So, um, yeah, like I said, you have an incredible story, but I'd like to take a step pretty far back. You, you said you live in Rhode Island now, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is, is that where you were born and raised? No, no. I, uh, grew up, I grew up in uh Shrewsbury mass. I was born in Western mass right next door to that. So about an hour, hour and 20, hour and a half away from here. Okay. And, um, I moved in. I moved down here full time after I graduated. After I graduated high school. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Um, what kind of upbringing did you have? Like, who who were your parents? Like, was was it a typical like blue collar American upbringing, or what? Uh, can you give me or give us a little bit of uh, of your upbringing? Uh yeah, sure. I was actually. Uh, growing up, my family was, uh, my dad was a builder, um, then a real estate investor and a real estate agent. So I was always around real estate, um, always working, doing on their, on their cleanouts and everything like that from a young age. So I was, I was always working and around that. Um, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to say, yeah, um, that work ethic was instilled in me. Um, from a young age. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Like, yeah, you, you hit me because you don't know this about me, but I am a structural engineer and a developer and a real estate guy myself. Oh, okay. And anytime I meet somebody who has been in real estate or is in real estate, I tend to geek out and get really excited. Um, this is definitely not not the the show for it. But uh, yeah, at some point, I definitely would love to pick your brain because I, I just geek out on this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, happy to, happy to help and happy to discuss anytime, anytime you're looking to, but yeah, that's not, that's not the track that, uh, we were, we were going <laughs> to go today. So, um, yeah, I, well, I played growing up, I played a lot of, I played pretty much everything, um, mm -hmm. as far as sports and like premiere this premiere that and trout was on the, um, I was on, I had like three different soccer teams that I was on. I was on a, uh, just a town, town team, town all-stars, mm -hmm. um, a premier, tra uh, travel team and also a club team. So I was playing like I was playing everything you can imagine. And up until this actually leads in perfectly to what we're going to be talking about today, because up until, um, the fall before my accent, which I'm going to be discussing, is I had actually every single season and every single year, Ace, I was just overly scheduled. 
I, I had mm-hmm. I'd go from this practice to that practice, from this to that game, game, game. I had like no time to myself. I told my parents that that fall, I was like, listen, I just want to take some time off and hang out and uh, be with my friends, skateboard. I was yeah. 14 years old, skateboard with my friends and, and uh, hang out with them. Then uh, going, going into the winter, and the reason I skateboarded was uh, just because I couldn't snowboard. Um, right, I, ab- right. I absolutely love snowboarding. And the reason, the only reason I skateboard is because I couldn't snowboard all year round. Um, then once the season started, I think I, the snow, the snowboard season, that is, I think I was there. I was there. I was definitely there at the mountain every day, including Thanksgiving and oh, wow. Christmas, um, nice. every, every day for a little over a month. And then if you click into January and the beginning of February, then I was at, I was at ski club with, um, with my friends. We had got our, we had put our, our gear on our snowboard gear on the bus. So we were ready by the Mm -hmm. time we got to the mountain. And then once we got there, we headed straight for the chairlift. And then on the ride up, um, it had been raining. We noticed that it was very icy. Right. Right. But it wasn't like ju- just given the background that I that I told you about, I have been snowboarding it like every day for for 30 or 45 days. So it wasn't like it was my first go around. So if anything, that got me excited um, as we were going up the chairlift and I got to the top, buckled into my snowboard and charged towards that bit, the biggest jump in the train park with all my speed and going mm-hmm. up to the jump. I caught the edge of my snowboard, which threw me off balance. And Ace, really, that's the last thing that I remember. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, I was I was told that I uh landed on my head. I mm-hmm. wasn't wearing a helmet. And I was also this this was after the fact they filled me in details. They also told me they wanted to bring a helicopter to the mountain to rush me to the hospital. They couldn't though. Because right. it was too windy. So oh, wow. they had to send in an ambulance. Now, out of all the paramedics in the area, there was only one who could intubate right on the spot. And I needed that to be able to breathe. And oh, fortunately wow. for me, he was one of the ones that showed up to the mountain that day. Then once I got to the hospital, the doctors told my parents that if they didn't um, induce me into a coma. I would have been out just from the impact, probably about seven or 10 days. It's hard to tell because it never happened, but that was their prediction. Seven or 10 days from the impact alone. So they had to induce me. So it was a partially induced coma. Jeez. Yeah. So there were, there were like, there were several things that, that broken, broken my favor. Um, if you, I guess, I guess you could say, so I'll, I'll pause there for a breath and see if you have any, <laughs> see if you have any questions, Ace. No, I appreciate that. You know, it's so interesting talking to you about this because as you talk about your childhood being in sports, um, snowboarding and skateboarding only so you could prepare to snowboard. Mm-hmm. I, I just have memories of my childhood, um, growing up being on different sports, I was part of the ski and snowboard club in high school myself and, you know, never wore a helmet, you know, just, just goggles and a jacket and pants, you know, that, that was what I grew up doing. And it's insane because there were so many incidences when I would snowboard that I probably, I would catch an edge or I, we, my friends and I would like to go through trees, things like that, you know, branches sticking out, branch would hit me in the goggles. And if I wasn't wearing goggles, you know, things like that. So it's, it, I can relate to your story other than the horrific accident that, that you went through. But I thank God every day that I, something like that didn't happen to me. Like it's very unfortunate that things like this happen because I see myself in your story from the get-go and uh, something like this um, is it's an accident. And, but at the same time, from what you explained about 
the head trauma and you know needing to get out immediately them also um uh working on you on the spot that's that's so scary and um i i just can't fathom uh one living through something like that or two like also what your friends and family were feeling at that time just completely helpless it just it's so scary and uh i appreciate you opening up about this because uh this is this could be anybody at any point and i know we'll get into it i know you deal um your your mission in life is to work with people that have gone through similar things or or uh, different types of trauma so you see this but um you know uh, this is definitely more common than i think people would like to like to think yeah it does happen there's um there there's a bunch of what as you were talking i know how you when i was sharing my story you saw a bunch of things in your in your own background in your own life that you were um that popped up for you when you were talking so i thought of i th- thought of certain things about it so even though i didn't have a helmet on i had some really really thick uh padded goggles i don't mm. know if you're familiar with them but they're oh, yeah. they're, called, they're called spies yep. yep and that that's what i had and i remember my mom my mom and dad recently brought up to me ace that they said um i remember that at the ski and snowboard shop you were you were trying to convince us to that you needed these goggles and these goggles like you definitely need these these goggles and they were expensive um right. oh, yeah. and i needed those as opposed to just the regular oakley's the the thinner ones i needed those and they said i'm really happy that we we decided to get them for you because that's one of the things that saved your life because when I made my initial impact, even though I didn't have a helmet, that cushioned my blow. Mm-hmm. Then the doctors told told us that, or my parents at the time, that as I continued to roll down the mountain and continued to hit my head, because it wasn't it wasn't just one impact; it was the initial one, and then I continued to roll and hit my head. That with each impact those goggles mysteriously moved to cushion each blow as I, as I rolled down the mountain. So with that, like there are a number of things that just broke that day for me that I was, that I was like, Oh, it's like uh preordained or um, it's like destiny, you know? Um, so like the goggles, the only paramedic who, who, who could intubate right on the spot, they were, they were just, it was, um, I'm very fortunate to be here today. That's for sure. Well, yeah, no. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, yes, you weren't wearing a helmet, but that's absolutely incredible about how, how horrific the accident was. There's things you can always take away things that defy logic of what, what broke right for you in that moment, the goggles moving around as your head was just impacting the snow over, or the ice over and over. And who knows what else there might be exposed rocks. You know, the, the terrain is so unpredictable, uh, sometimes on, on the slopes. And then at the same time, the one person that you needed to save your life. And that's just the first step. Like we're going to get into, um, the aftermath of all this here very shortly, but just that by itself, if you're able to take away just that, that there's all these things that should say you shouldn't be alive today. You shouldn't have made it through this. And for you to look back and recognize all those things is so powerful. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this, but it's those seeds that are part of your story that you're putting meaning to that there was something more than yourself that was involved and got you on your mission and on the path you are today. But I, I really appreciate that you share something like that because what you went through was so traumatic, but to take away those, those little things and say something was something or someone was looking out for me that day. And um, to take that with you is so powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm happy to. 
Um, the only the only way I'm going to be able to um, affect and lead others through their trauma is by by sharing the story and by sharing my story, whether it's on podcasts like this and or from stage. Um, what's happening is I'm affecting other people that have a similar experience or that are even going through something currently that they can't see their way out of. And then once, once, and we'll get into it a little bit, but once they, they apply the, the, the same system that I unknowingly use, they're able to get through their trauma, make it through to the other side. And that's where the limitless potential lies. And that, that's why I'm so excited to be, to be sharing this and uh, spreading that message today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. So obviously accident happened. You got rushed to the hospital. Can you uh, pick up from there and just tell us a little bit um, of the injury um, and then also your journey after getting to the hospital? Yeah. So once I got to the hospital, I don't, I, I really, I have no idea. I don't, I don't remember it because I was out. I have, this is interesting. I'm glad you asked me like in depth and we have the time to cover this because when I, so I have no conscious memory of the emergency room at UMass in Worcester. I have no conscious memory of there, of being there. Mm-hmm. However, I've seen videos of myself with my eyes open there in in the ER, and I'm like, that's that's weird because I don't, I really don't remember that. And remember how I said they had to partially induce me into right. a coma? Yep. There was a period. There was a short period because I was in the coma for three weeks. Uh, however, I don't remember a month or. Uh, approximately four weeks. So there was there was a little bit of a gap, like five or seven days that I had my eyes open. I was looking around. People thought I was awake out of my coma, but I have no memory of that. And that's that's because my body was protecting myself. And also I was coming off of the uh, medication. Right, right. I just... I don't even I I can't even recall if I've shared this on a on a like live with anyone um on a show or anything but I, but I feel compelled to tell you because it's it's just um it's very entertaining. So when I was in my coma um like I said I don't I don't think I've shared this before. When it just came to me when I was in my coma my uncle Jay who I didn't see um he lived, he lived in the Midwest. I, I only saw him once or twice a year. If that mm-hmm. he came up to the emergency room in the ER, in the ICU. And I was in my coma. This wasn't in the period after I came out and I had my eyes open, but I don't have any memory of it. So I was in my coma and he said to me, he leaned into me and said, Hey, Nick, if you can hear me, he was an English professor. He he was he's no longer with us anymore. He passed away in 2009. He he was an absolute riot. But he said to me, "Hey Nick, if you if you can hear me, give me the finger." <laughs> and I I was 14 years old. So it wasn't like it wasn't like my hand rose and I was like like defined like that. Yeah. However, my hand did come up and there was a um there was a like you could make out like a little bit that i was i was like trying to trying to give him the finger and that during that period of tension when mm-hmm. everyone was really on edge from my family because only my family could see me when i was in the room i'm glad that even when i was in a coma i was making everyone laugh and and light, lightening up the situation because it definitely broke the tension. Uh, you can you can say that for sure. So <laughs> I I don't I mean that that's just me though. I'm I look for humor and everything, and I've always done it throughout my entire life. That that's one of that's one of the things that I teach is you, you have to look for the humor, uh, no, even if you're even if you're committed to it. No, I I can tell right away that's definitely a gift you have to be able to 
what you did was just command a room while being in a coma. Like who, who can say they've done that? Like that, that's you, you completely took the situation that was happening. Everyone was worried, upset. And you, whether you realize it or not consciously or unconsciously, you just broke the state of everybody else to say, Hey, like, yes, this is tough times, but we're going to get through this together. Like that actually, that by itself shows leadership. Um, I appreciate you sharing something like that too, because, um, it's so important to, to even in the hardest times and when people are going through really stressful things to like kind of take a step back and just, just kind of take a deep breath and just be present for a moment. And, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's that's I appreciate you sharing that. That's that what you did was super powerful. Oh, thank you, thank you. So I I just I, I thought I thought it was entertaining um, oh, yeah. that I that I had to share <laughs> with you. So after fat, going going forward a little bit, after a month, I was transported. I got in my accident on February fifth. I my memories start happening on the third floor. I was originally transported transported to the third floor on the rehab hospital uh, where I was. And my memories, although a little foggy and a little like a little, I vaguely remember being on the third floor, which was the most serious, where the most serious of cases were. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason, the reason I was put there, I was still, I was still in pretty rough shape. The majority of my memories, however, when I first started, I was in a fully supported wheelchair. I was, I was in, I was in everything. Like there was, there was still a long road to go for me. Yeah. Then after, after, uh, I don't even know how long, but a short, a very short time, like like a week or two, I was transported down downstairs, down to the second floor. That's where I have all my memories. Um, and that's consciously, that's, that's where everything began for me, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And where I, had to, where I had to learn how to walk, talk, and eat again. So I would get up in the morning and I would need help. I would need help like showering and taking care of myself. So my... Because when people think, oh, you have to, you have to learn how to walk again, they don't think of, they don't think of like everything that you have to learn everything again. So I had to learn how to, how to shower, how to take care of myself, like what order things go in that you do the water before the soap, um, things like that. I would need help doing that in the morning. Um, then I would, I would eat breakfast. And then after that, I would start my morning therapy sessions and I had, so I had physical therapy, full session of that, occupational Mm -hmm. therapy, full session of that, and then speech therapy, a full session of that. After which we broke for lunch. And I always like to share this, Ace, because I think it, without sharing this, it sounds like a... It sounds like a mythical thing, like, uh, oh, you you got in a snowboarding accident, you were in a coma for three weeks, and you ran out. Oh, awesome! That's a great story. But if I don't share, th- if I don't share that, there was there was a moment of weakness in there. There was a moment of doubt. Um, it's hard for people to relate to it. So I remember being in a wheelchair, so not a fully supported wheelchair, but I had graduated to just a regular wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I remember being at one of those lunch breaks and for whatever reason, I couldn't figure it out. I was just looking over my situation and my mom, who was with me all the time, she was with me every day, uh, going to every uh, therapy and doctor's appointment with me. So I was never alone, which was awesome. Uh, she was with me and I looked over at her and I said, um, Am I ever am I ever going to be able to walk again? She didn't even hesitate. Of course you are. That's what we're doing here so you can get everything back and we can go home. That's insane. Now that, that was a big step for me because once once I once I had that, once once I overcame that moment of doubt, it all it all clicked. It all clicked for me and I I 
just can't have, I didn't have any, any kind of moments of doubt after that. And I just think it allowed me, and the reason I'm sharing that is because we all have moments of doubt. Right. And it's important that in those moments of doubt, you're not giving up. You're, you're continuing to go forward. You're continuing to um, pursue your ideal. Uh, you should never lower. You should never lower your ideal for any reason. So then, after lunch, I started the afternoon sessions of my therapy. So again, I had full sessions of physical, occupational, and speech therapy. So they were long. They were long days, and then it was very important that I've shared bits and pieces with you uh, so far in my story. But it was very important that we organized all of the doctors and nurses with a common goal. Mm-hmm. And that that's where the whole name of my company came from, Common Goal, is because without doing that, everyone's running in their own direction, just doing what the curriculum is for the hospital, doing whatever, okay, we got to do what our department has, and then you go to this therapist, we got to do what that department has. However, because we organize everyone with a common goal, we said, all right, this is Nick's goal. He wants to run out of the hospital. What do we have to do to make that happen? We schedule weekly meetings with them to keep everyone pulling in the same direction. And then we would we, uh, we meet weekly and, and ask them, all right, well, what did you accomplish what you set out to last week? And then what, what are you doing this week to help him get to, to that common goal? So we had everyone, we had everyone pulling in the same direction. So let me take a breath again and, uh, see if you have any questions. No, I'm sure we can, we can go down rabbit holes and and explore. (laughs) We have time, which is, which is nice. That no, that that's absolutely amazing. What you just described, a lot of people like myself and 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 you as well, being uh, entrepreneurs, we tend to think of things like that in business terms. So, you know, we have a, a company mission or a goal of uh, what what the company strives to do, and you get everybody on the same page. You put systems and processes, and everybody knows what they're responsible for, what their lanes are, things like that. So we talk about this. All the time you'll hear business podcasts after business business podcast or business book or entrepreneur groups. Uh, you know, you and I are in real estate, so real estate groups, RIAs, things like that. But I love how you're taking that same idea and the same structure, but you're it was applied to your personal life. Like you grabbed control of the situation, a situation that to most people would seem insurmountable, out of control. You've got the therapist, you've got uh, both physical and occupational uh, and speech. You've got, you've, you've got the trifecta of therapists um, in addition to doctors, nurses, and everybody needs to be, like you said, on the same page, have a common goal and work together in, in, uh, in synchronicity. So that is absolutely powerful because in a situation like yours, whether it's you being a teenage kid, not knowing what the heck's going on, just wanting to get better and wanting to push yourself so that you could hit your goal of running outside the hospital. But imagine your parents too. Like if even in a medical situation, I don't think people realize they'll, they'll just blindly trust the doctors and the nurses. And, yeah. and a lot of them are great at what they do and they have the best intentions but just like any organization, whether it's government, business, uh, family, community, like there has to be that linking force and uh, somebody leading the way and making sure things are organized and that goals are set and that there's measurables too to actually hit those goals. And having that type of support system is so critical. And I'm just really happy and encouraged to hear that you were able to get through this and a big part was because of that, because not everybody has that kind of support system. And um, I just absolutely love that that you had shared that because um, that is such an important and powerful thing to be able to get through something monumental like what what you went through. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I think um, this is 
this is the perfect time for me to uh, introduce the step system. So throughout my recovery, Ace, I utilized a system and really it's just deconstructing this and like coming up with this system was uh, quite definitely quite the task. It was a lot of work, a lot of brain power on my end because I was like, yeah, how? Like, how did I do, like, how did I do that? How did I do that? How did I do that? And I had to keep going down that path. And I was finally able to realize with the help of a mentor, of course, which uh, definitely I, I sing from the rooftops that everyone, everyone should have a mentor and they can reflect back to you certain things and blind spots that you're not seeing. With the help of a mentor, I was able to discover or uncover uh, the step system. Uh, the step system is what I use to not only not only recover from my snowboarding accident, but overcome and achieve anything throughout my life. We we just don't have enough time here to go into detail and and talk a little bit more about that. But I can give you I can give you a high level overview. So step is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, the first letter S is support. You have to make sure that you have your support lined up right at the start. Um, this can be this can be family, friends. Doesn't have to be though. It can just be people that are your support team and that are close to you. And by by lining them up right at the start, this frees up so much of your mental energy to focus on co- accomplishing your objective and. That's that's the first letter in the step system and why we think that and in this order too, that is so important. Then once you have this the support lined up, the next letter T is trust. Trust that once you take your first step, your next step will always be available to you as long as long as you continue to take your next step and you've taken that first step. And you have to trust that you have this desire or calling inside of you mm-hmm. for a reason. Follow it. So let me go into a little bit of detail and off on a tangent a little bit. But when I was, when I was before I could talk, so I wasn't able to talk. I had the goal. My family had the goal. Yeah. What, what parents, what set of parents wouldn't want? a full recovery for their kid when they get in an accident. So they said, you're going to make a full recovery and walk out of the hospital. And I had a voice inside my head that said, no, you're, I'm going to run out. So the common goal became that I'm going to run out of the hospital. So the common goal is something that comes from inside of you. No one else is going to dictate that. And then uh, e of the step system. So the next letter is energy. You have to make sure you have to make sure that you have your energy and you're taking care. You're taking care of yourself. If you're not able to take care of yourself, how can you expect to affect affect change in others and to really do the best job possible? You can't if you don't have your energy. P the last finally P of the step system is persistence. Once you've got up and taken your first step, just keep getting up every single day and taking your next step, no matter how small. So is by continuing to move forward every day, you're going to be building an unstoppable momentum by continuing to do something. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to conquer the world in a day, but if you continue to do something towards your recovery or whatever it is, if it's a life challenge, if you're doing something, you're continuing that momentum. So that that's just like a little introduction um, for the step system. And that that's what I unknowingly use to recover from my snowboarding accident. No, that's absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing that because you are so right. Life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. And taking something that that you had gone through, something that would be just would overwhelm anybody if you looked at it from a whole. 
and just breaking it down into little goals, little pieces. And I love the acronym that it, that you use the word step. You're taking a step forward, then you're taking another step. They say, whatever, every marathon starts with the first step. Mm-hmm. And I think doing something like that, having the acronym, breaking it down the way that you did, uh, not only breaking it down, but there's a certain sequence. It's like baking a cake with a recipe. You can't, uh, you got to combine the ingredients a certain way and, uh, and bake it a certain way. And you have to not only have the right ingredients and quantities, but you have to have the right sequence as well. And, um, that, yeah, that's absolutely phenomenal. It's easy to remember. It's a four step process, right? Um, Mm -hmm. so now that's really cool. Well, if you want to find more information out about Nick, his company, common goal and the step program, Definitely check out his website at nickprefontaine.com. And then I, I think I remember you saying something else um, about an ebook or something that you want to share with the audience that uh, that they can uh, get tools and, and th- learn more about the STEP program themselves. Yeah, absolutely. They can download they can download the free ebook uh, STEP, which is going to teach them all about support. More than what what I what I just covered with you, it's going to go into detail. Yeah, um, teach them all about support, trust, energy, and persistence um, by going directly to uh, the page nickprefontaine.com forward slash step, and they can download the step system for free today. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, get more information. It just it's such a powerful process that you use. Um, on the show, we like to talk about superpowers and things like that. Would you say the step program is one of your superpowers? It's become, it's become everything I do. It's become at nice. first it was a, at first it was a surfle, sur, surfle, geez. At, <laughs> at first, at first it was a surface level. I'm just excited. As you can tell, if at first it was a surface level thing, I was like, yeah, okay. That that's cute. I, I did. That's what I did to recover from my snowboarding accident. However, since I've kind of deconstructed my internal process and what I did, the step system, I view life. I view everything that I'm tackling, any new challenge. Um, if I'm feeling down for whatever reason, anything, I view it uh, through that lens of step. So it's it's so interesting because uh, support, trust, energy, and persistence, it's not like one is greater than the other. Um, they need They need to all be level and taken care of in that order. Because right. if you, I'll use the example of um, when I, when I was trying to memorize a new talk, a keynote, a 35 minute keynote talk that I gave in September, I was, I was trying to go through and memorize it and just do the whole thing and memorize the whole thing. And I, I was getting overwhelmed by doing that. Um, because I was, I was, there was, there was some fear that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, so I wasn't following my own advice. I wasn't doing the step system. Um, I had my support lined up. I wasn't trusting though. So then my, as a result, my energy was suffering and I was not able to be persistent. Once I trusted that I was going to be ready, as long as I just followed the to a T followed the memorization process and just kept at it every day that I was going to be ready. My energy level soared and I felt great. And then come September 15th, when I delivered it, absolutely no issue with memorizing anything at all. There was it all, it all flowed. It all came out perfectly. And um, it's now actually on my website. You can go check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. I watched it myself. Um, and it was absolutely motivational. It's, it's really interesting when I was doing a little bit of the research, uh, on you before, before we got on, I checked out, uh, that video and it's so funny that you mentioned energy because at that time, uh, I had just gotten back. I was in an immersion event, um, 
and just went all out 14, 16 hours a day, just, you know, really putting a lot of uh, emphasis and immersing myself in what I was learning. And I came back and I just completely crashed, like, because I was on a high for so many days and I came and my energy levels had just plummeted. And um, I knew that if I didn't prepare for this podcast, um, I, I take a lot of pride in the guests that I bring on. Uh, I, it's not a coincidence and you weren't just chosen out of a hat. Like I honestly believe your story and what you've been able to get through in your life is truly remarkable. And you are a living example of a true superhero. And um, so when I was doing research, I popped up the video and you were talking about energy and it just hit me like, like a ton of bricks. And um, I just remember, you just reminded me that like energy is life. And if we have low amounts of energy, no, you can't think clearly, you can't move clearly. And um, however you get your energy, we were talking about cold water immersion earlier. I use that to get lots of energy. It gets my adrenaline going, it gets my dopamine going, and it gets me ready to, to hit the day running. And the more positive, uplifting energy we have throughout our day, the clearer we're going to think, the more decisive we're going to be, and the more we're going to be, like you said, persistent, take action. I call it taking massive action every day. And um, so I really appreciate uh, you putting that video up. It inspired me. It made me want to really just keep pushing myself because I love what I do. I love talking to people like you. You inspire me. And I'm not just saying that because honestly, hearing your story and where you are today, being a motivational speaker, being an entrepreneur, someone who has dedicated his life to helping other people that have gone through similar things that you have gone through. Like you grow every day so that you can give more and more to the people around you. And I commend you for that because that is a life of servitude. It is a life of sacrifice. But in my life, growing and sacrificing and giving has given me so much life in my day. And I, I, can, I can see you are a very passionate person. You are passionate about what you do and you love to help people. And that is just truly remarkable. So I, I, I applaud you. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank you for allowing allowing me to share the message. Always, man. You're Always. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, one thing you you talked about the the S in in the program uh, support system. Like you had talked about having a mentor, you have talked about your parents, your mother having unconditional love for you. In her mind, you not getting out of that hospital wasn't even an option in her mind. She had made it up. She had made that decision already. So it wasn't even a question. And that gave you the energy, the motivation. Now your decision is I'm going to get out of this hospital. Just talk a little bit about how important your, your support system has been for you then and now. Yeah, absolutely. The going through it, my, I mean, who knows, of course, who, who knows like in, um, in hindsight, what would have happened, but I credit, I credit a lot of, um, a lot of what I've accomplished to my family and my parents um, because they made the decision for me that I was going to have a positive mindset before I could make it for myself. They put, they put affirmations all over the walls. Like, um, and this is before I could walk. So think of it, Ace. The, um, I look on one wall, it says, with each step I take, I am moving closer and closer to my goal. And then I look on another wall um, with each day, I'm getting stronger and stronger. And like everywhere I looked, I, I wasn't like I could walk out of the room. So um, I was surrounded by it. And one of the things that we teach at Common Goal is this is something, this is something that your advocate can do for you early on in the process. So my advocate, I guess you could say, was my mom and dad. Right. Uh, because my mom was with me during the day, every day, going to every therapy and doctor's appointment, looking out for my best interests. Then my dad would come in and spend nights with me. So I always had someone with me. And the reason this is important is whenever you're going through something, 
if you don't have that support system to always be with you, your mind has a possibility to play tricks on you and be negative. And that's never a good thing, especially when you're, when you're going through something, a trauma is as um, significant as that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was immense. Um, so important. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And you're absolutely right. Like it, it all goes together, not having a proper support system, people giving you affirmations, uh, getting your energy levels up, keeping you focused and motivated, um, and also trusting in them. Uh, everything, every part of that step program is designed for that, that positive way of thinking, that positive way of moving forward. Because if you're not doing either any one of those steps, you could be doing the other three, but not the fourth. Those voices are going to come in those, that negativity, the questions, the what if, or, you know, I, I can't even imagine what you went through, but like the, the, I call it head trash, the head trash that, that could be going on. Um, it's just absolutely remarkable, but the craziest thing about your story and you making it through this is you had to do this again later in your life, right? Yeah. Can, yes, can, you, sir, yeah. can you, can you share that with us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so after, after I got out of the, after I got out of the hospital, after I ran out, um, I had to get tutored awesome along to move on to high school with the rest of my classmates. And if, if you fast forward a little bit, um, back to, or, um, all the way to 2012, I was having, I was a realtor at the time. I had already graduated from high school and I was, I got my real estate license and, um, I was, I was, um, I was doing well for myself. I was, I was made, I was able to live, I was living on my own. I was able to support myself. And to me, that was a big deal because it was, it had always been a goal of mine, um, all growing up that I wanted to move out and get my own place and be able to support myself. And I was, I was doing that. Mm -hmm. Now in 2012, I developed pushing myself, um, with the prospecting on the phone because I was a realtor, calling people for a new business, pushing myself and and trying to get my energy up, I had developed a voice issue. I just knew something wasn't right with my voice uh, as the summer wound down, and I started looking everywhere for answers. I I went to a bunch of doctors, and they all said, "Oh no, we don't we don't know what's what's wrong. You, everything, all your vitals are fine." and everything like that. Finally, I ended up at a voice specialist in August of uh, 2013. I had been for the past year, like, what the heck, excuse me, what the heck is going on? Um, what's happening? Why is, why is my voice sound different? And I couldn't figure it out. And this guy walked this specialist, Dr. Uh, Philip Song, walked, walked into the room Heard me speak and right away nonchalantly goes, Oh, oh, that? Yeah, we deal with that all the time. We'll get it fixed in no time. Um, he's like, go see the front desk and schedule an injection in a couple of weeks. And I was like, Injection. My mouth my mouth hit the floor. I was yeah. like, What? Are you kidding me? I was he put me so at ease and I'm I'm so uh, continually. I haven't seen him for um it'll be three years this February, but I, he just, throughout the whole process of working with him, continued to put me at ease. So I had to continue to get Botox injections in my throat along with in um, tandem working with his voice specialist to retrain my, myself to speak again. Um, that's, that took eight years. So... I started getting the injections in 2013, and then the last one I had was uh, February of uh, 2020 before the world shut down, and um, I just stuck with it. I I was persistent. I, yeah. I kept doing. I kept doing the exercises. I kept getting the treatments, and there was. This is another important thing to mention, because there was a there was a period, Ace, where I was like. 
I I had narrowed it down or not narrowed it down. Like I was going longer and longer and longer every time between uh, Botox injections. So in okay. my head, I was like, all right, good. I'm continuing to make progress, continue to make progress. Right. Well, after the last one, I got five or six months after my previous one, which was normal. Right after I got it, I ran in a half marathon. So that basically wiped me out and like took it used a lot of a lot of the Botox out of my system. So then only one, two, three, only three months later, I was like I felt my voice getting tight and I called to get Shoot. another injection. And I was thinking, yeah. oh my God, this is the why am I still dealing with this? This is and like the the doubt, the doubt started playing in my head, but then I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It's a hundred percent fine. I've I've gone through a lot these past few months. I'll I'll get another one. I'll be back on track. Well, because I kept that, I kept taking that next step, and I kept that positive mindset. That was the last one I ever had to get. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love. So it. that was that was February thirteenth of twenty twenty. So that was seven years to get your voice yeah. back. Yeah, I. The reason I say Holy. eight. The yeah. reason I say eight is I first started feeling it gotcha. around that time a year earlier. So, well, I'm I'm going to go back to this because I think it's so important. Like, you have taken on, you've had to learn how to talk in your life three times. You had to teach yourself to eat twice. You had to teach yourself just basic motor movements and just basic what occupational therapists work on, basic ways of of living. We're not talking Olympic moves or things like that. We're just talking putting on your pants, putting on your socks, you know, put put your underwear on before you put your pants on, things like that, like the the basics. And just thinking about it, I, I get a little bit of anxiety, but you're absolutely right. If you break it down and you take it one step at a time, you can do anything. People hike Mount Everest, the biggest mountain in the world. There's people that do it all the time, but they only, they do it by taking it one step at a time, one breath at a time. And you are a true testament of what is possible in life by taking things one day at a time, one breath at a time, one word at a time. I'm sure there were parts when you were trying to reteach yourself how to speak where you could only say one word at a time. I think I remember in your story, you talk about when you were in the hospital after your accident, you would just sit up for seven minutes, something like that. And that's all you could work on at that point. Just sitting up, sweat profusely coming down your face. Like you had just worked out for the past hour. Like that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Oh, well, thank you. So when I say I have superheroes on, on this show, man, physically, mentally, emotionally, you are a freaking juggernaut. Like you, I, I, I just can't even imagine going through something like that. Like, I gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow me around, Ace. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta have you follow me around and, and continue to, no, I'm just kidding. I'd be happy to, man. I'd be happy to, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, um, real quick, cause I know we're coming up to it. I have a, a superhero, uh, that I grew up watching. Um, but I, I like to run, uh, I'm, I'm a big, uh, physical endurance guy. And I don't know if he's a cousin of yours or not, but one of my superheroes, personal superheroes is Steve Prefontaine, pre Prefontaine. And he has a quote and he says to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I'm a huge believer that everybody has a gift to give. And I know that you give your best because to be where you are, where you are doing what you're doing, you couldn't have done that if you hadn't given it your best every day, just to learn how to, how to talk, how to drink water, how to move all of those things. Like by you giving your best, now you are able to, uh, to give your gifts to the world. And I know we only have a few minutes left, but please tell the audience what you're doing right now, uh, with common goal and um what what you guys are set out to accomplish 
with that. So yeah, I'm, I am. Um, I am also. I'm also a runner. Um, I have this shirt is a a 10k that I ran in my first 10k in March. But uh, before that, I I had done uh, two half marathons and um, a 10 mile race. Um, I am. I, I don't know and not directly. Um, relation with Steve Prefontaine. Yeah. I have an uncle named Steve, but he's alive. <laughs> Um, so not, uh, not that I know of, um, yeah. maybe somewhere down the line, but, uh, not, go. not, not that I know of, uh, yeah. What, what we're doing with common goal is the, the reason why I'm so excited about this is sharing the step system. It's become, yeah, it's become the lens that I, that I view the world through and that I, that I just set out to accomplish or tackle anything with, and it's helped me throughout my whole life, but it's also by sharing the step system with others who are in the midst of their own life challenge, uh, setback or trauma, we're able to help them make it through. I already touched on it a little bit earlier, help them make it through. And, and that's the hardest part. I feel like for the majority of people that are stuck in that life challenge or trauma is they, they can't. They don't know where to start. They don't, they don't see that first step, but once or am, once they make it through, uh, that's where the limitless potential lies. And that's really where I've got to the, the place in my life. That's where I've got to is where now I, now I'm able to achieve my limitless potential, which is to share this message with the world and to get it out there. I, I think it has the potential to really change the world. I think it does too. I think it does too. Every great adventure, every great uh, journey starts with that first step. And mm -hmm. what you're doing is absolutely incredible. Giving yourself, giving everything you've had to push through in life. Um, and the best, the best part of, of your story is I haven't heard you complain or whine or be upset about anything you have gone through in your life. And that is a true testament of how not only your system works, but how viewing life happening for you rather than to you gives you the power to take control of your life, live your destiny and make the changes, in, be the change in the world and make the changes in the world that, that you want to see happen. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I don't, that's never, it never even entered my mind. Um, I can tell complaining, complaining <laughs> about it. And like that, that's not, yeah. Well, it's ancient, ancient history. And, and I, I believe, I don't know what you believe, but I believe things happen for a reason. And I wouldn't be where I am today, helping and affecting uh, people like I am. If, if my accent or my voice issue or any of that didn't happen. So I believe, I believe that it happened for a reason. And I've always had, Real quick, because I know we're we're coming up to it, but uh, I've always had this voice in my head. So whatever I'm doing, I've always had this voice in the back of my head. Being, I told you that I was a realtor, I was I was right. in sales and everything like that. I was being successful in that. I was I was earning a living. I was I was taking care of myself and everything. But regardless of what I'm doing, doesn't matter the success that I'm having. I've always had that voice in the back of my head that I should be helping others that are going through their own issue, whether it's a life challenge, trauma, or setback, helping them to get through to the other side. I've always had that voice in the back of my head. Since I've been following this for the past two years, since I've, since I've been on this track and building Common Goal and spreading the message about the step system, that voice has been silent. There has That's been incredible. no voice. That's incredible. There's been no, there's been no voice. So that's evidence to me that I'm on the right, that I'm on the right path and I'm doing what I was meant to do in this lifetime. That's right. That's right. You're living your mission and you're taking mm. action and we can't, nobody can ask for a better gift than that. Realizing it and being able to live it every day. There's nothing better than that. And I just really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And continuing to share your story because I 
know people need to hear it. People need to hear what you've gone through and how you've gone through the other side because everybody deals with their own issues, their own setbacks, but everybody does have the power to take control of their lives and get through anything and truly live a life of full fulfillment, contentment, and helping others. So appreciate having you on the show, man. Um, If you want to find more information out about Nick, Common Goal, and the STEP program, check out nickprefontaine.com. And for a free ebook, go to nickprefontaine.com forward slash step and download a copy of his ebook to learn more about his step system. So with that said, it was an absolute pleasure having you, Nick. Um, I definitely want to keep this conversation going with you because what you're doing is so important and will change so many people's lives. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best, man. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And um, like you said, we can we could probably talk all day. But um, that's right. We got we have people people have lives, right? They got right. they got to get going. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, thank you for coming on again, and thank you everybody listening in. Check out nickprefontaine.com, and I look forward to the next time being with y'all. Peace out. <laughs>